Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Jimmy Funnel and this is the first episode of the new podcast by SB Nation for the Chelsea blog, We Ain't Got No History, and it is called We Ain't Got No Podcast. Brilliant name, took us long to come up with it, <laughs> but we're here now and I'm joined by, and I re I'm really excited about this, by my fellow host, Ram. Hello, Ram. hello. Good to be here. <laughs> we have some exciting stuff lined up. And for today's first podcast, of course, who could be a better guest than David Pastor, the blog daddy, as <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> blog father, please. Blog father, sorry. <laughs> Welcome, David. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. We will be talking about quite a few things today. Primarily about, of course, how preseason went, about the season that's going to come up for us, uh, about some crucial roles for some of our youngsters, and we'll also be kind of previewing the first few games that Chelsea will be playing in the Premier League. And without further ado, we're just going to get into this. So, preseason, we had six games. Uh, yesterday was the last game. It was um only one loss uh who would you say were the winners of preseason who were the losers who were the standout performers david uh, i think huh. i think the obvious standouts are ross barkley uh mason mount that's about it i think the, for the two the two obvious players who stood out uh i mean obviously we were expecting a lot of things from young mason and so was Lampard, having uh, coached him last year. So I think uh, that's that's turn out, turning out to plan so far. And uh, Ross Barkley is once again showing himself to be a very good player early in the season, just like he did last year. So hopefully that continues um, into the season and then a little longer than he managed last season. He kind of fall, he uh, dropped off after the first few months. So that's something to look forward to, I think. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, uh, I don't think that many of us would have expected Ross Barkley in specific to, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't, don't want to jinx it, but to thrive in Lampard's system, uh, especially at that number 10 position. Yeah, it's, ni it's nice to see him uh, play, uh, play a little closer to goal and, uh, and then show off these supposed skills that, uh, you know, many years ago people predicted that he would be the next superstar. So True. Yeah, I mean, he he was always a pretty highly regarded talent, to be fair. So it's uh, it, it's good to see him go back to that level, so to speak. But uh, just on a slight tangent, I think there's also a case to be made for uh, Mateo Kovacic having uh, a decent to good preseason. Because, I mean, all we saw of him last season was playing like these really short passes and uh, not really doing much, but not really doing what he's best at, which is dribbling. And mm -hmm. I think Lampard's really taken the taken the shackles off and it's really good to see him link up with Mason Mount and Barkley in midfield so I think he's another one who would be you know one of the winners of preseason for me uh, yes yes well, I always rated I always rated Kovacic so I'm happy I'm happy to see him uh, live up to those expectations after uh, being as you said shackled last season right uh, so, so so David um, yes what would you say were would maybe be five points to take away from the last five games 
just just a few points on lampard's mm-hmm. tactical system or uh players who might not make the cut things like that yeah players who might i think we already seen the players who haven't really made the cut and those have those players who haven't even traveled for the last few games um uh, mm-hmm. mainly drink water uh bakayoko uh who else am i missing here uh, Tomori has been around, but I think he's going to be heading out on loan. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's only he's still only around just because just in case the whole Zuma situation falls apart, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping it doesn't. But uh, I think he's kind of the, the backup there. Um, I suppose uh, I think there's somebody who's saying make an excuse for Bachwai why he didn't travel last time. I'm assuming he's going to stay, and uh, I can't really see Kennedy staying, but maybe he is. So that's. Uh, as as far as as far as uh, points to take away, I think uh, we're going to be a very uh, exciting side to watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe especially for you know maybe a so the, the supposed neutral observer, it might not be too exciting for us because there's going to be a lot of action at both ends. <laughs> That's not necessarily uh, good for good for the heart. Yeah, uh, we certainly we certainly look dangerous going forward unless we. Uh, uh, last game we saw a bit of some issues with uh, finishing again, but hopefully that can be sorted out. Uh, but our midfield looks very porous at the moment. I could that could have something to do with Conte not being ready yet. But, uh, and then the the defensive line is uh, massive a massive concern for me, and I'm not really seeing a, a good combination there uh, with Rudiger not being available. What we have right now is 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 very scary. So uh, yeah, who's your we'll, first? We'll win every game five there. four, so it's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, who who would you play in centre back? I mean, given the choice among our four or five four or five options. Uh, given the choice, I'd probably stick with Rudiger and David Luiz. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't think I don't think there's an answer here that doesn't involve Rudiger. So uh, uh, based know. on based on that, you kind of uh, because we're uh, Lampard seems insistent on playing out from the back as uh, apparently everybody does these days. So mm-hmm. uh, and nobody on the on the team does that better in the back than David Luiz. So you kind of have to you have to have him there. Uh, and then we don't have a better defender than Rudiger. So combine those two, and you have your center back pairing. Unless we go to a back three, which doesn't seem to be on the cards at all. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that would be my choice. I think a case can also be made for Zuma in regard to him having one of the most minutes uh, mm. during this preseason. I remember the tweet from today from Carefree Youth where he made more or less listed everyone's minutes and Zuma was the third highest so I mean may mean nothing as you said Rudiger has been injured for a while and he still will take a few weeks to come back but one would expect uh, Frank Lampard to see something in Zuma where he might actually even start against Manchester United I mean we'll still get to that later on in regard to lineups but I, I I think Zuma is definitely ahead of Christensen at the moment so do you okay that's that's what I take away from from the mm-hmm. preseason minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think David Luiz's position is threatened. I think what Lampard is trying to figure out is who the second player is right now with Rudiger injured. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he definitely has played Zuma a lot more than Christensen, and Zuma seems to have 
I'm not sure like stand out is the right word, but he seems to be more visible than than Christensen. So it's I'd, I'd like to I'd like to think that that's that's a meaningful distribution of minutes in terms mm. of that. Well, I mean, yesterday's game did show that that centre back pairing of Zoom and Christensen. Um, let's yeah, say suboptimal. Sub yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. It is a kind of a dilemma here what we have because defensive solidity. We've had one clean sheet in preseason. Hmm. I mean, that is a bit worrying, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it it can be. It can be worrying. I'm not really sure uh, really the scores matter that much. You're trying to look for patterns of play and, and individuals working together. So, I mean, either way, you're, you're kind of um, you're reaching the same conclusion in that conceding goals, whether it's because of a system or individual error, is not, not good. And uh, Lampard himself pointed that out many times, and that's certainly mm -hmm. one of the, uh, the biggest concerns heading into the season. Uh, yeah, dilemma. Dilemma, I think, is is more in the terms of we don't have a combination right now that really guarantees solidity, mm -hmm. and I'm not really sure we can. Because obviously, I mean, I love I love David Luiz with all of my heart, but he is not the person I would consider the most safe defender of all time. So regardless of who you pair him pair him with, it's it's going to lead to some interesting moments. I always thought that he worked quite well with Christensen because Christensen, I mean, he was sweeping up quite well at the back. So when David Luiz more or less pressed yeah. forward a bit, it worked quite well. Yeah, I don't know. Christensen's never truly impressed me in that in that reliability sense. Maybe maybe I should have watched him more when he was in Germany, and I'd have a, a different opinion. But when he playing for Chelsea, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe I should have. Uh, when, when playing for Chelsea, he's 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 not really struck me as as the the answer really to to the question of our of our center back. I think he works. He can work well with somebody uh, a bit stronger and a bit more assertive than him. And mm -hmm. I'm not really sure yeah. that's that's David Luiz really. I think I think I'd like to see him play with Rudiger, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I always kind of see Christensen as the the backup to David Luiz, so I, I've not I've not played oh. the two of them together, but I play one instead of the other, even though the passing range is is a bit different. I was reading on the Daily Hilaro something about Rudy Gonzuma. Uh, I don't know, that'd be an interesting for. Or I mean, I think Ham. Mm. I think somebody said that on on Twitter as well. I, mm. I'm I'm not really sure. I kind of see those two guys more of a more similar, and then, so again, I, I really would not. To play the two of them together, but I don't know, maybe it's, what do I know? <laughs> I mean, Ram, wouldn't you like Tamori to start as well? I, I know you, uh, you were a big Derby fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think like it's the, the word is am, not was. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's, I mean, I don't expect Tamori to play. I expect him to go out on loan as soon as possible because that's also the best for his development. Although I don't want him to go to like Everton, where he's not going to play much. But uh, the, what I was going to come to is, mm. uh, David, how, how do you think this is going to play out over like the next mm. year? Because we have like David Luiz mm -hmm. on a new contract, but right. we may look to let him go next summer. 
we have Rudiger and we have Zuma, which who in theory should be setting up for like the next, they should be setting us up for like the next five years or so or four years, uh, a long time basically. Mm-hmm. But we also have like, we have Tomori in the ranks and he's pretty good. And we have Christensen who, I don't know, keeps meandering between I'm happy at the club and I mean, I want to leave for more minutes. And right. we also have Ampadu who we don't know where he's going to play at Leipzig, yeah. but let's say mm-hmm. that's center back. So how how does the club manage this, you know, log jam at the center back position? Mm. I mean, I think we're okay for the foreseeable future if we can, if if the current players can stay happy. You know, I think David Luiz will naturally start winding down his career in the next couple of years, and and that will leave uh, or that will open up a space for somebody like Tomori to to start coming in for increased minutes. And if everybody else is is happy with that situation, I think uh, you know I think Rudiger is is definitely a, a proper you know top Premier League quality defender. So I think I don't think we have a problem there. And if if one of the other three, either uh, Zuma, Tomori, or Christensen, can develop into a, a, a top, a top top defender, so to say, mm-hmm. you know they're all pretty young still. It's just we can't really give up on them really. Uh, if if we can somehow manage that, I think we'll be all right for the the foreseeable future. I'm not really seeing uh, Ampadu as somebody who will factor into the center back. I, I kind of I think he okay. might. I don't know. I, well, I guess we'll see what his his position yeah. might develop into. But he seems like he, it seems like he would be more he's more of a midfielder than a than a center back. But uh. Hasenhüttl did use him uh, in his first preseason Nagelsmann. game. Nagelsmann. Sorry. Nagelsmann. Hasenhüttl's a top. Oh. God, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Nagelsmann. Yes, uh, he used him in in midfield. And right. I mean, looking at the center backs, they have got quite good. Uh, center backs uh, at the back, yeah. so it would make sense for him to play in midfield. Um, he's one of those players I wouldn't mind. He's one of the only youth players where I really would say put him in that lineup right away that we have now. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Maybe controversial, but that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. I think he could slot in there without a problem because Rudiger, I also rate him, but he had his problems last season. I mean, no new coach. New season, of course, um, but he he wasn't always this top top defender that he was in the first half of the season. But that's Chelsea for you, I guess. We, I mean, there were a lot of people that a lot of players that didn't have uh, a good second. Well, well, not second half, but a few good, not a few good months in January and December. Yeah, I mean, this, he's not uh, he's not Van Dyke. Or Maguire, or that that type, that's that level yet, but he also isn't eighty million pounds. So, in <laughs> in in terms of that, I think I think Rudiger is 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 just fine. I'm not. I'm not. That's he, that's one player I'm not necessarily concerned about uh, this season or in next season. The only thing I'd be concerned about with him is his knee injuries, which mm. seem to be fairly frequent. That's true. Right. So well. We've spoken a little about centre backs. We have spoken a bit about preseason. When we're when we're looking forward to the season to come, obviously, uh, we we all know who's in charge. So, my first question is, David, how, just how excited are you? Because you don't really show it, so you know, I've got to ask. <laughs> well, um, this, is my ex- this is my excited voice. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Excited. I mean, we've seen so many managers come and go. You know, it's. 
mm-hmm. it certainly is a different feeling. I I put it that way. Um, having one of your own come back, and we all knew this was going to happen eventually. It's yeah. you know pretty preordained, but uh, this now has happened a lot quicker than uh, pretty basically anybody has ever uh, would have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine for a while, and then eventually he'll get fired because that's just kind of what happens. <laughs> uh, so I'm already I'm already kind of set up for that, and uh, you know you kind of have to take away take out the the, the emotions of it because I think as I forget who it was, which of the players was I think David Luiz mm-hmm. said said in one of his interviews that you know Lampard will get maybe six months from the fans, but if if results aren't going the way uh, the fickle fan base really wants them to go, which is oh, to be, you know, did they say that? Talk- okay. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he said something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that people will demand results, basically, and if and if he's not getting it done, then he'll go the same the same way all the other managers who didn't get it done will go. You know, it's at some point you have to take the uh, the emotion out of it. Uh, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's just kind of what will happen. So I mean I'm excited I'm excited I, it's 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 lovely to see him back and, and I enjoy just li- I just enjoy just listening listening to him talk yeah yeah uh, those presses are brilliant ah oh. yeah yeah it's yeah. it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's both both a best blessing and a curse because uh, he says so much more than any of our previous two managers say so it's really much more work to transcribe anything he says. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's a personal uh, personal gripe here. You have to work a lot harder. <laughs> I uh, mean, yeah. The, one of those questions that, of course, leads up to this um, this excitement, and well, I, I still have the hope that he won't get sacked, and we really do turn a corner. And this is a new era. But you're right. Realistically, <laughs> what could the potential stumbling blocks mean? And I'm asking this to both of you. Um, because for me, potential stumbling blocks for Lampard will be the defensive issues that we have. Because if we concede each game multiple goals for the first few games, that could be a problem. Um, that would be like one of the major points for me. How how do you see it, lads? Yeah, that could be a problem. <laughs> it's uh, I think his problems will purely be. Uh, results based if there are right. results problems so it's a, it's the one thing that we don't have to worry about lampard really is is man management or falling out with the owners or things like that you know he's he's got the relationship down with the board and and the people running the business side so he can concentrate on the 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 actual football the problem is uh the team is not necessarily as good as it even was last year and everybody else around us has improved. And as we've seen in preseason, uh, the tactical plans are not foolproof, just as uh, mm. no tactical plan really is. So if if things go bad early, it it could it could turn pretty bad. Uh, you know, we've seen that in 2015, was it with Mourinho? Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a, basically every game, <laughs> every game is could be a stumbling block. Uh, but if he needs to, he need, definitely does need to sort out the, the defensive issues. Uh, you know, if it, it's uh, it's uh, if he can keep if he can keep uh, keep our goals, we have a much better chance of winning. Can't can't just outscore everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
if I we mean, do outscore them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as far as I go, I think uh, I'm most worried about how he's going to break down teams that play a low block. Because, I mean, that, that's an issue we faced with uh, Sari's Chelsea as well. Mm. But, but when you're talking about the likes of, uh, okay, Huddersfield isn't in the league anymore. That's good. So uh, uh, you might you might think of Bournemouth, who who can destroy us on the counter attack like they did last season. Uh, you you <laughs> yeah you might you might think Bournemouth. Of yeah. What? Uh, I really wish Graham was on here now. I'd like to hear what he's saying about your Bournemouth comments. <laughs> Is there is there a, is there a Bournemouth podcast following this one? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically, uh, teams that are just gonna let us come come at them. The the problem was with Lampard's derby that they really struggled with their movement movement in the final third for a long long time mm-hmm. uh, until they eventually got better at it. But so so we've got to be really good at making those quick plays in advanced areas and you know actually actually passing more than what we used I mean longer than what we used to under Sari. And I don't know how Lampard's gonna get around that, whether he's going to employ the diamond against such teams. Um but that I see that as a pretty big stumbling block. It's something I've actually been worried about for quite a while. But mm-hmm. I I mean based on based on preseason, he's shown that he's willing to try different things. And the diamond is something I wish he had tried more at Derby. And he may try that more over here, especially given like, all the midfielders that we have that suit the profile. So, yeah, that that is a potentially worrying thing, but I do see a way out of it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just nice that the manager actually is trying something uh, in game, something different. You know, after after a year of of basically just watching the same thing over and yeah, over. Yeah, it feels like a long time since we've seen that. <laughs> it it kind of does. It kind of does. I mean, Conte wasn't really that flexible in his changes either he yeah. believed he believed in his system as well mm-hmm. but uh, i mean sorry kind of took it to the next level so it's it's nice it's nice to see somebody trying just just trying different things even if it's something as basic as let's put on another striker well i mean the four two wait four one two <laughs> one two <laughs> to be precise <laughs> Um, that is really exciting. I think overloading the midfield when, as Ram said, the deep lying teams uh, just lay back. That, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, I mean, we, actually, we would have needed that. We haven't seen that since uh, I think Ancelotti was the Ancelotti. last, yeah, yeah, last, yeah. last one to play that really. And you know, he we scored uh, more goals under him than anybody. So, wasn't that where Deco often yep. plays at the at the top of the diamond, right? Yeah, Deco played top and 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 the bottom of the diamond as well. Right. I mean, at times. I really love that that one. I, actually, when we played it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we played it in Ireland, and we didn't play it the last two times, right? Um, Some, I have been hindered. I think we saw it in Japan. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works, and I think with Mount up front, uh, up top there. I think even Mal and Barkley, there could be an argument made that both would work in that kind of a system. I mean, if if you look at our team, it's our qualities in midfield and uh, attacking wingers when everybody's healthy. So might as well uh, something like a, a diamond uh, exploits your strength in in midfield, and something like a four-two-three-one 
exploits your strengths in in white players. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to see us trying to play to those strengths. Mm. But you know, like uh, like like all tactics aside and everything, what what are your actual expectations from the season? Like I'm I'm not talking. I'm not talking like best case scenario types. I'm talking <laughs> what would be like the minimum thing you'd be okay with. You'd be like, okay, fine, let's give Lampard another season. This is possible. Ooh, minimum thing. I uh, thought top six is minimum. Uh, okay. I think I think you have to. I think you have to adjust, uh, make a make a case or make a, adjustments. I guess is not the word I was looking for, but I can't really think of anything else. Um, can't really expect top four. And, mm-hmm. and make make that a, a minimum minimum expectation. Uh, you know, yeah, we still still finish in European spots. Yeah, everybody plays down the Europa League, but you know, Europe for the players, it's still a, still a, something that matters once you're in it. Um, yeah. So I, that that would be uh, deep deep runs uh, in the cups, get into the knockout rounds of the Champions League, make it you know quarterfinals of of League Cup or FA Cup. And finish top six. I think that's that's about the baseline that uh, would keep him safe. Yeah, fair enough. Speak, speaking of cups, uh, speaking of cup runs, that's something that will definitely call upon us to use the whole entire extent of our squad. Right. And that's something we'll be we'll be discussing in the next section of the podcast, which will be with you very soon. Okay, and we're back. Yes, so. I really do agree with David in regard to those expectations because the higher we set them, and that's something that when we talk about David Lewis's uh, comment about the fans being able to turn on him after, what was it, six months or so? Twitter's a very nasty place nowadays. (laughs) Twitter will be six hours. Yeah, probably. They'll have pictures of... If I see one picture of Lampard crossed out with the... (laughs) Block, block, block. I mean, it is a very ghastly place nowadays, but I guess that's just what comes with social media. Um, one question that I would like to you know, put out there is, because I'm not sure about <laughs> the answer to this, will the club stick with him if Chelsea fall really way behind? So let's say we have like Christmas and we're at 13th. Will Chelsea finally learn from their mistakes and give Lampard the time he needs and not kick him out? I'd like to say yes, but uh, I would be kind of surprised if we did. That's that's I think. But mm. I, it, I think it might, you know, just as a question, it's kind of tough to answer. I think it would it would have to depend on circumstances. Yeah. Uh, the club seems to have uh, started listening to fans and fan sentiment a bit more recently. Yeah, and I think Lampard's appointment uh, has has a lot to do with that because they knew and everybody's talked about this basically, or at least hinted at it that you know his his appointment's kind of to to bring back the good the good vibes and the good feelings to the stadium even. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if 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 the fans. Uh, you know, if nobody's nobody's booing anybody and things like that, <laughs> uh, I think he might he might get a, a bit more leeway. And I'd like to think that we're 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 going to be realistic in that. Uh, you know, it's nice that we're developing from uh, the internal resources that we have, but 
without without a transfer window, without two transfer windows, uh, it's kind of the expectations have to adjust accordingly. So I'd like to think that he gets a full season, regardless, unless uh, as the story was that uh, unless he leads us to relegation, in which case obviously he should be sacked as quickly as possibly possible. Um... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, relegation is really bad, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you do make an interesting, or mention something very interesting, because we haven't got a transfer window. We have to give him a transfer window or multiple ones to, you know, shape this team, even though he has already, you know, got a very decent uh, squad at his disposal. But, I mean, a war chest, how often have we read... (laughs) This war chest, war chest, but this war. could be the first time really that we really do have. We, sh- we really should have a big giant yeah. war chest. I mean, we have Morata's sale, we have, of course, Eden Hazard, sadly. Mm. Um, I think loan players we sold like quite a few that accumulate to about 30 mil. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have we'll have enough money to buy. Uh, the marquee player or two that could uh, make the difference. And I don't think that the, <laughs> I mean, we've had war chests before. We spent a lot of money, but we spent not so wisely, especially yeah. in recent years. Very so uh, as exciting as it would be to have that amount of money, uh, we have to uh, make sure that we're spending in the right spots. So we have to identify the the one or two key positions that to spend basically all the money on and then use continue to use the the youth team and the academy mm-hmm. to to fill the rest of the squad and that's that should be the way to go forward regardless of who the manager is uh ah. hopefully hopefully this season kind of sets sets that paradigm in motion by forcing us to use yeah. the academy to to fill the team i'm so happy you said that <laughs> <laughs> because uh, because um, I was just going to ask you, wh- what do you think involvement of young players would be like this season? Obviously, I think we know Mason Mount is going to be pretty involved. Um, maybe Tommy Abraham as well. But yeah. w- what do you think about the likes of Reese James, who hasn't even been involved in preseason, but given a short number, right. by the way? It's... And Callum hudson Odoi, obviously. And I don't know, maybe maybe a wild card or two. Who knows? <laughs> so, 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 so what do you think? about uh, how Lampard is going to use his young players and what can we expect from them this season? Well, I think Hudson-Odoi will play a big role. I think mm-hmm. that's that's pretty obvious. He thought to, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> He's, he kind of has to. Um, I'm surprised how much we've used Abraham so far in preseason, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that continues. Yeah. Um, I'm not really... I don't think Batshuayi has done really much of anything in preseason that has impressed me. And he hasn't really, doesn't seem to be, uh, and neither in a, a single lone striker or two striker role. So I'm not sure what's what, what his his situation might be. And Giroud is is, is uh, a reliable old warhorse workhorse. So he'll he'll always be there to if we, if we need him. But hopefully, uh, Tammy really does get does get a proper chance to uh, to lead the line. And I think Mount mm-hmm. is going to be a, a big a big part. I'm not sure about uh, Reese James, how much we should see him. I think he'll be involved maybe in cup games early. Did you say you're not sure about Reese James? I'm not sure how much he will be involved. <laughs> Time, I think he okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's a fantastic player. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, settle down. Calm down, calm down. 
But uh, I think we'll see him in, in cup games uh, because I can't really see a lineup without Aspilicueta in it, even though he's not like amazing going forward by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and then there's but, that guy's Zapacosta too. Yeah, yeah, we need to we need to kind of I don't know loan out Zapacosta <laughs> or, or do something with him. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe Crystal Palace can take him or somebody Vitesse. Who knows? I mean, it's it's just like Zapacosta came. He ran and he ran. He scored a few outrageous goals and like now he's going. That's just basically him summed up at Chelsea. I mean, he's he's a fine you know fine average player, but yeah, we spent way too much on him. Yeah. And yeah, his his skill set is fairly limited. For he can push push past players and and run quickly and and put in a decent cross. And he scored that one goal by miss hitting a shot with his left foot. So there you go. That's yeah. to me. To me, that's Zapacosta. Nothing. I'm sure. I'm sure he's a fantastic person, but it's not not a personal. I think he's giving. Uh, he's gotten a bad rap. I mean, I know he hasn't <laughs> been phenomenal, but he hasn't been bad, especially in the last few Europa League games. He was quite good, you know, against Eintracht Frankfurt. He did change the game a bit on that right side. He brought a threat. I mean, I know he's a bit dodgy defensively at times, but nowadays, Aspilicueta attacking wise. Yeah, he I mean, has it's, declined. It's, yeah, it's well. The problem is, is a lot of our our fullbacks are wingbacks. So like Zapacosta, Emerson, Alonso, all these guys were bought for uh, Conte's uh, three man defense. Yeah. So their their skill lies in in running forward and and attacking the box or, or putting in crosses. We don't really have any defensive fullbacks other than Aspilicueta. The problem is now uh, in modern game, Aspilicueta, uh, that role requires fullbacks to attack as well, like truly become part of the, the attacking phase. And I mean, Aspilicueta is an amazing player, but he is definitely not an attacking fullback. And that's mm-hmm. why Mourinho played him as a defensive left back and Conte played him as a third center back, which was probably his best position. Yeah. Uh, but he's also the captain and he's the on-pitch leader and... Uh, you know, he's it's it's just tough. To, it's tough to imagine a lineup without him in it. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a dilemma there. True. Mm, nah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but at some point he has. To, I mean, he's thirty years old. If I'm not mistaken, I think he or is he still twenty nine. So I, I think, think he's twenty nine for a minute for a bit longer. Okay, so he still has, of course, got a few years. It is ridiculous to say nowadays, oh, he's 29, his career is over, because of course not the case. But I think it is worrying that he has been uh, somewhat in a, don't hate me for this, but a downward spiral in my perception. Uh, it's, it's just, you. I absolutely agree with you, that when he played in that three at the back, he was world-class for me. He was yeah. just a rock. Nothing got past him. But since then, <sighs> I don't know, it's difficult. And... I think that's why a lot of people are so excited about Reese James getting a shot there. I mean, it does seem as if we could loan out Zapagos and James is given that time, which will be mm-hmm. great. Be brilliant. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure we agree on that. Um, with James, Mason Mount, I think we can still count Loftus-Cheek as well. Tammy Abraham and hudson Adoy, we'd have like five core English players out from our academy that could lead our team. You'd love to see it. Oh, yes. <laughs> We'd all love to. I mean, that would be stuff of dreams. But I think 
we have to also drossel the expectations here as well because Mason Mount, I thought he was our best player in preseason, even ahead of Barkley. Don't kill me for that, listeners. Mm. But, you know, I think he has the potential because he goes into the box. He makes those runs. Okay, he didn't necessarily convert his chances against um, Gladbach, but when did we have a midfielder that made those runs? The last time I can think of is Frank Lampard himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think for me, I think I actually put in on our predictions uh, article a few weeks back, Reese James as my youth prefer star performer for this Chelsea season. But I think I'd have to put Mason Mount in after this preseason. Mm-hmm. Might be reactionary, good. but yeah. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Reese James. Reece- <laughs> it's just been oh, it's it's that that ankle injury has been a very very unfortunate for uh, for Reese. I think that yeah. it's, uh, it's I mean there's nothing you can do about it. But uh, yeah, that one that one even more so than any of the injuries suffered by like Hudson Odoi or Loftus Cheek because their their position in the team was guaranteed basically. Uh, the only only way it wasn't if is if Hudson Odoi doesn't or hasn't wouldn't have signed his contract. I don't know if I don't really signed yet or not. It's just not been announced, but you know James is stand out at, at at Wigan, but that that doesn't really guarantee you a, a spot yet. Uh, the fact that he's being given a shirt is really nice, but you know he, he's he's missed the entire window where he could have uh, uh, applied himself or, or or become part of the team uh, as as Mount and uh, Abraham have. Have you noticed this really weird luck we've had with young players and injuries? Like, uh, you know, you can start from Todd Kane when he had like a decent season at uh, NAC Nijmegen in in the Eredivisie. And, you know, like uh, it it was pretty widespread news that he had discussions and staying back for the first team next season and and everything. And then he had an ACL injury and then, you know, it just didn't stop after that. Shaloba obviously got his move, he got yeah. the England cap, cap and then he got injured, then was locked his cheek and on a slightly smaller scale there's also Charlie Musonda who hasn't played any football in one year and he's still injured and right. um, if you think about Izzy Brown and Casey Palmer as well, it was crazy how many youngsters we had on loan in the Premier League uh, at this at this point last season and Izzy Brown and Casey Palmer were like just automatically taken out by injuries. It's yeah, just really yeah. freaky. And that, Zuma and then, lost two years because of yeah, his ACL. Yeah. Wow. And, and then Loftus-Cheek and Hudson and I happened together and I was like, oh my God, just, just what is happening? <laughs> maybe maybe it's yeah. maybe something that happens with young players, regardless, like every young player has this moment where, you know, he's tested by injury and see see what happens. I mean, uh, Aspel Aguata talks about the ACL injury he suffered when he was 21 or 22 and how it, it kind of... Made him made him become a stronger and better player in in the recovery sure, from that. Sure. Uh, he he's he's he should be a role model for people for young yeah. players who are uh, recovering from that injury. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of speaking of young players, uh, we we haven't spoken much about the kids in the academy right now. That, that I mean, uh, <laughs> all of the ones you've mentioned are like they're, they're graduates. Like right. So is there is there any one? Let's just keep it at one because we have a lot of young players already. <laughs> Uh, is there yeah. is there any one young player from the academy right now who you think could you know make his debut or push on and have maybe five appearances or so? There's <laughs> one player, and I know David has to say, "Come on, David, come on." Oh, uh, well, I'd say the obvious answer is Billy Gilmore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, 
Yeah, he's he's definitely he, I mean, Lampard himself called him out by name after one of the the friendlies in Ireland. So it's it's pretty obvious that I think he's he's the next next to be pulled up and uh, maybe given you know a, a League Cup cameo at some point in the season. Uh, that'd be that'd be nice to see. He's he's definitely. I mean, he in those in games in Ireland, he was one of the most impressive players out from anybody. So yeah, mm, he really would be, be nice to see. Yeah. Ahead of Mason Mount, I thought Mason Mount played very well as well. I said uh, one of one of the most impressive players. Oh, one of sorry, I, I thought yeah. the, sorry, sorry, <laughs> misheard that. My bad. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you there. I think, yeah. I mean, he's only seventeen, right? Something like that. And it's one. I'm sorry, I just have to say this again because I just love that kid so much. He's seventeen, although one still sees his physique, of course, and he's still got quite a long way to go. I mean, Ampadu was just 17, and the guy's a, a tank. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's phenomenal. And I just think people, one has to put that in context, how good Ampadu already is. But I, I agree with all what you said on Billy Gilmer. I think that's one of those positions with Mason Mount, with maybe Ross Barkley, if he can perform as well as he has uh, consistently, will be stacked. I mean... Yeah. There's still that debate about whether Ruben Loftus-Cheek will play as that 10 or will play further back. Um, I think that's a very interesting point of discussion, which has also been spoken about extensively um, over the last week or so. Um, but I think that is also a good point to turn to the next point. Um, moving forward, how we will play and so on. The first two games of our season, uh, we've got, if I'm not mistaken, Manchester United. We've got Leicester. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Wolves. Mm-hmm. And I'm missing... We've got, we've got Sheffield United and Norwich. Sheffield United and Norwich, yes. So that those are quite a few feisty games. It's going to be very tricky especially with the threat that uh, less than wolves pose at the moment i mean how many points can we expect from those first two games you'd say because i think that is also one where a lot of people will <laughs> vary their answers oh i'd say uh i'd say 10 points is would be my minimum that's three wins three wins a draw and a loss mm-hmm. uh, okay. that would uh, ignoring ignoring the uh, the Liverpool Super Cup game, which mm. might be might be meaningful only to the winners, or probably is only meaningful to the winners. I don't think that's something we really need to be concentrating too much on. Uh, mm. Obviously, the team and the and the coach might differ because you want to win. Winning is a habit, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, I I don't really expect us to win at Old Trafford. It would be nice if we did. I know United. I mean, United are in a bit of a disarray as well. And if and if they don't have Pogba and they don't have Lukaku, uh, you know, we'll have we'll certainly have a better chance of winning. They and... have the best winger in the league, named Daniel James. I just, oh, just, just oh, thought yeah. I might mention that. Who's who? <laughs> wait, wait, who? Damn, no, James. James. <laughs> there is only one James in this oh, league, and he plays yeah. for Chelsea, mate. <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah, see, we, if only we had our own James to line up against them. Uh, yeah, um, no, I, yeah, may, maybe it'll be the Daniel James coming out party and he'll score a hat trick and, you know, United will walk the league. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we'll be battling out with United for that, uh, 
that fourth or fifth spot there in in uh, when it comes down to it in the end. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it, it'll be the parallels are not are not really lost on me in that uh, Mourinho's first game was against United and Lampard's first game is going to be against United and Mourinho winning that game one nil. What I think Gudjonsson scoring is one of those mm-hmm. memories that really is etched in a, into my uh, psyche or my narrative of uh-huh. the entire Chelsea experience. So I think uh, a win there for Lampard, it could actually really be uh, something that sets, sets something in motion. Unfortunately, I don't really expect that to happen, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so like, what do you think of the three promoted teams? Because we have two of them in our in our first five games, and you know, I think I think they're quite different from the ones that came up last year, because they're Cardiff. Not terrible. Uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> <laughs> go on. Uh, I'll have you know that we are theoretically <laughs> very vulnerable to Sheffield United. Oh, <laughs> that's because. I hope we're not. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not, but the the thing is they they play with this system where they overlap the wide areas like crazy, like their their centre backs join in, uh, they overlap their wing backs, and the, one of their strikers also goes wide, one of their attacking midfielders goes wide. It's crazy. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But how do they expect to score if everybody's wide? Oh, the the, the thing is their their striker Billy Sharp is really good in the box. Uh, yeah, Sharp. Yeah, Doncaster Rovers. Although he's like 33 years old or 34 right. years old. Oh, you see, the only reason I know his name is he used to play with uh, Milan Lalkovic. Ah, yeah. Former former Chelsea Academy superstar. Yes. Never never to make it any, to anything. <laughs> ah. But Ram. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know they played like this in the championship, but I like to think of Fulham. I know they had a completely different team after that crazy transfer window last <laughs> summer. Mm-hmm, but um, mm-hmm. under Yoke, Jokanovic, they played such a beautiful brand of football and they just dominated and they played this expansive uh, way in this expansive way in the the championship. But once they came into the Premier League, that wasn't necessarily the case anymore. They had to adjust. So wouldn't you think that Sheffield United, I mean, thinking about centre-backs trying to go out wide as well, in Mm. this team, uh, in this team, in this league... I mean, I, who who's their coach? Because he has to be mad to do that against most teams. Because even if you have like a, a lower team here, like Brighton or something, they have very a very good team nowadays because of all the Premier League money that's been pumped into those squads. Uh-huh. I think that is a bit of a risk, don't you? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, speaking of Brighton, there's another really good manager who's come up from the Championship. Anyway, we we will we'll talk about that later. But but <laughs> what, what what I was saying was. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't expect them to play that system. But but the, but the thing is, they never really had uh, a swashbuckling style of football where they would all just go and attack at once, right? They played in a really intelligent way where they could they could drop into this counter-attacking style at will as well. But they would still overload that wide side and they'd give their opponents help. So I think that's that's um, definitely something they could still do in the league. But but yeah, Sheffield United and Norwich are both teams that have been wise in the transfer market and I don't think they're going to err too much from their style of football. So just before we break quickly again, uh, David, what are your thoughts on the promoted teams this season and 
Do you think they'll be a Fulham or do you think they'll be a Wolves who we also have in our first five? And do you think they'll cause cause us any problems early in the season? Well, now that you've built them up, uh, you know, maybe they'll even beat us. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not I'm not really sure. I, it's it, I think it's a bold it's a bold bet to bet on any promoted team uh, beating any of the top six teams, regardless of what they're doing. Uh, just. You know, I, actually, if they if they were to stick to their uh, if they are to stick to their uh, established style, I think that would give them a better chance. Uh, I think the problem one of the problems with Fulham was that they just bought too many players yeah. and they tried to they try to, you know, you, you, you can't really integrate that many players at once. It, it's it's pretty rare that you that you do that. And uh, actually, I think uh, Villa might might have issues with that because they basically bought in like two entire teams. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, I, I <laughs> we earlier were you know asking predictions about a uh, number of points. I mean, I fully expect Chelsea to beat upcoming uh, promoted teams, regardless of what they're doing. So if we can't do that, then we're definitely in for a long season. Mm. Uh, and before we actually still talk about a bit more about Chelsea's games against Leicester and Wolves, because I think that's one of the very intriguing ones, apart from the top six battles uh or the battles against the top six teams we will be right back just after this okay as said leicester and wolves uh i mean one could also put everton in that mix but we aren't playing against them at the start of the season i don't know about you boys but i'm very scared about leicester i'm really scared of leicester they have i know why you're scared i know why too Yeah, yes, James have, Madison. Yes, oh, exactly. God, yeah. <laughs> Why did I? That's a Pandora's box. I yeah, okay. <laughs> Is he? Well, here's a real question: Is James Madison better than Daniel James? Oh my God! See, they play different positions, so you can't compare. Uh, oh no, that's too easy. That's Come on, answer the out. question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I think, uh, I think James Madison is better. Oh, controversial. Uh, I gotta stick to my guns on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean we'll def- we'll definitely learn whether we're in a top four battle or like a top, was it top eight, top ten, top half of the table battle, depending on how we do against Leicester and Wolves. Because you know, if there's two teams that are are trying to push into that into the usual top six conversation, it's those two teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I could I could I could definitely see us uh, getting dragged dragged down into that fight instead of a top four fight, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah, that that would be one of the reasons why people could get a bit, you know, aggravated with Lampard. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see, there. I can see the mood changing pretty quickly if, uh, you know, if, if if we if we find out what our what our two qualities are, which you know could could very well happen. We'll we will just have to wait for the post match reaction threads. They'll be a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, those are always reasonable. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think also one can't. Uh, say that Wolves hasn't strengthened with Cotrona. I mean, a lot of people don't really rate him as much as he should be because I think Patrick Cotrona is a brilliant buy for Wolves. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, Ramble yes. Yes. with me there. Yeah, <laughs> so they have a great team and they haven't they haven't lost anyone, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, they sold Ivan Cavalero and they loaned Ivan Cavalero and they loaned uh, Helder Costa to championship teams. Right. But... So they were like squads 
squad yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were like like Messi in the Championship, but I mean, <laughs> like Dolido Prado in the Premier League. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I think as we are uh, coming to the last few minutes of the podcast, um, we are playing against Manchester United next Sunday. You yippee Um <laughs> Well. What do you think will be our formation? Will it be the diamond, the 4-4-2 diamond, or 4-2-3-1, David? Well, I think we'll go with the 4-2-3-1. That seems to be our, our preferred uh, preferred tactic at this point. And who are you putting in there? Let's say Conte is fit. If Conte is fit, then mm. it's... Uh, I think Conte and Jorginho is our, our starting pivot. Mm-hmm. You might as well build your whole XI from there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, uh, Pulisic, Pedro, Abraham. Uh, I'd say... No, no, no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe toss a coin for Barkley or Mount for okay. number 10. Fine. Uh, Emerson, Aspilicueta as the fullbacks. I'm not sure what happened to Alonso, but he doesn't seem to be getting any look in whatsoever this preseason. So maybe. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not sure what's happening there. And then uh, David Luiz, Zuma, and Kappa, obviously, as that that would be my my guess right now as to what our lineup is. I the way it's trending, I don't think we're gonna play Conte, and I think we're just gonna roll the dice with uh, Jorginho and Kovacic. That will be an interesting one because I can also see him dropping Jorginho at some point. Although I really mm. love him. I really do love Jorginho. I think he gives this team so much. But Kante and Kovacic could work. You know, it would give oh, us... Oh, no, definitely. I, I, that might be our long-term, longer-term answer, I think. Because Kovacic is a, is much more dynamic than Jorginho. And I think that helps. It helps to have two dynamic midfielders, especially when they're trying to trade off of each other. Mm. The, well, if you play if you play Conte and Jorginho, it's the roles become a lot more uh, separated. And one of the, I mean, that, that can work. We've seen that with like Fabregas and Matic. You know, it was pretty mm-hmm. obvious which which, yeah. which of those two was doing what. Mm-hmm. But I think the beauty of of a of a pivot is is if you have two players who are both box to box and can just play off of each other. Mm. And this system, especially, I mean. Yeah. Getting that link together between defense and uh, the forwards, that is something pivotal. What we haven't been able to reproduce as much as we would have liked to in recent times, especially on the Sari, and we has to be honest. Um, I mean, we yeah. also saw that, uh, at least in preseason, Lampard's uh, defensive line plays pretty deep, and the rest of the team pushes up pretty high. So you, you definitely need somebody who's uh, who can do the transition in a slightly longer uh, bigger space, so to speak. Like there's a there's a lot there's a lot of space to link up. Yeah, at least in preseason. I think that's also why people want to see Zuma and Rudiger start because they've got the speed to actually mm. step up, uh, yeah. go a bit. Yeah, step up and have a higher line. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think, Ram. Would you yeah. do you think any of David's choices could be could differ, so to speak, than the final starting eleven because I think that we could still see Mishibash Wire start ahead of Tammy Abraham. I don't know, just call it a hunch. Hmm. Uh, no. I huh? I don't think so. I, I would go for David's lineup actually. And I think Abraham will start over Bachuay. Even hmm. more so because 
the fact that Abraham has played like significant minutes in the last two friendlies is is uh, is a vote of confidence as far as I'm concerned. And I, I'm not sure why Batshuayi wasn't involved in the last game, but he hasn't showed anything at all in preseason for me. Ooh. <laughs> I, he, he, he really hasn't though. <laughs> he hasn't yeah, really I mean, done, sadly, because I like him as a character right. and I, I want him to do well. And he had this really good goal scoring run at Dortmund. We know he's good, but I I don't know what happens to him when he comes back to you know he comes back to London. <laughs> so I, I would go for Davis lineup. Not nothing really. I, I disagree with over there, except for like Barkley. I'm definitely starting Mason Mount. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel inclined to agree with you. I think I would start him as well. But if we're honest, he's a veteran. He plays long. Uh, he's older. He's played long at Chelsea. I can't see any way of Ross Barkley not starting against Manchester United apart from an injury even though I would want Mount myself to start there um, ahead of him but we'll have to just wait and see about that I guess mm-hmm. right so well that was that was a very quick 15 minutes or so and uh, as it goes things things go by when you're enjoying them so this has been quite enjoyable talking to yeah. David yeah. Who has definitely def- definitely expressed here way more here than he does on text. So <laughs> <laughs> that's been cool. So it's it's been great to have you, David, the big boss of We Ain't Got No History, on that's our right. first episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, and, hopefully the first of many episodes for We Ain't Got No Podcast. Yes, as yes. We, as we begin ruling the podcast universe. Yep. <laughs> no, no, no pressure now. <laughs> right. So. Stay tuned, and um, David, do you wanna do you wanna drop your social media handle for anyone who doesn't know you? But by, uh, by the off chance, is anybody listening to who doesn't follow me? <laughs> uh, follow the blog at uh, wagnh underscore cfc, and then you can follow me personally if you really. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but it's underscore or it's uh, <laughs> at d underscore peezy p e e z y p double e z y. Right. So that's it from us, from me and Jimmy. So we shall see you next time on We Ain't Got No Podcast. Bye.